Separation anxiety is one of the hardest things to go through as a dog parent. And it's really, really hard on our dogs as well. So it's something that overall we're both suffering in this situation. But fear not, help is at hand. There's lots of things that we can do to help your dog to feel safe and to feel comfortable when they are home alone. What we're going to be thinking about in today's episode is some of the things to avoid. There's a lot of advice out there when it comes to managing and dealing with separation anxiety, and some of it not so good. So we're going to get into that today. See you in there. Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr. Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hi there, and welcome back to the Letters from Your Dog podcast. We are on episode number 18. Now, have your fingers crossed for the duration of this episode because I have just been hiccuping for about 25 minutes non-stop. It's finally stopped. I set this side as this time aside to do some podcasting and then the hiccup started. So, I think we're in the clear now, but if it ha- if it happens again, I can only apologize. <laughs> okay. So, today is going to be a very short and sweet episode. We're talking about something very, very near and dear to my heart, which is separation anxiety. And it is something that I do feel very passionate about helping dogs with because, as many of you will know, one of my own dogs, Riggs, really, really struggled with separation anxiety. He was um, in a bad way when he came to us with it. And it was something that took a lot of time and patience to get him to a place now where I can leave for several hours and he just goes to sleep, which is wonderful and such a relief. So... To give you a little bit of context, I wasn't even able to cross the room initially without him being distressed. He'd have to come with me. So if you're at that point currently with your dog, there is hope. You can get through it. But what we're going to be talking about today is actually some of the things to avoid in your training. Now, separation anxiety, it's a bit of a catch-all phrase. So it's a, a phrase that's used generally by um, pet parents, by professionals, by vets, whoever it might be to describe a dog that becomes distressed either when they're left on their own at home or in any situation or whether they're left and their their person leaves. <laughs> so often even though they're left at home with other people in the house or a, a pet sitter or a neighbour they're still very distressed because their one specific person that they can't be without has left. So it does look very different for lots of different dogs and I cannot recommend enough getting the support of a force-free trainer to help you with your separation anxiety. It's a lonely road when you're trying to deal with it on your own it can be incredibly isolating you can feel trapped in your own home Um, I actually asked a question about separation anxiety in my Facebook group this week and we were were just talking about it and I was asking what the emotional impact was on our members and people were saying that kind of thing so they were saying you know it's feeling like I can't go out and see my friends feeling that those friends also don't understand why I can't leave my dog on the occasions where I do have to go out feeling terribly guilty because I know they are home and distressed and just feeling as well as though the training goes forward a little bit and then gets stuck and maybe derails and goes backwards that's incredibly normal for separation anxiety training Um, but it can feel really awful especially when you've put in so much work and so much effort to try and help your dog feel better and the crux of it is that we really care about our animals and we know 
when they're distressed and no one wants to hear that if you're watching on the camera and your dog is howling their little heart out that is heartbreaking so it is a tough one but there is light at the end of the tunnel however there's so much poor advice out there in terms of how to help a dog with separation anxiety or less about how to help the dog but the focus often is more on how to stop the dog from barking howling toileting in the house destroying scratching the doors whatever it is that your dog does um and i do kind of get the rationale for that because Often a lot of the behaviours like I've just listed are actually quite distressing for us as pet parents um, and, you know, expensive potentially as well and causing problems with neighbours and all that kind of thing. So I do understand that focus on making it better for us. But ultimately, our dog is really suffering. And for a dog that does have what I call true separation anxiety, which is diagnosable from a veterinary behaviourist or a trainer, and um, that dog has a panic disorder that dog is absolutely beside themselves with fear when they are in that situation so they're not doing it to be naughty they're not doing it to try and get your attention they are doing it because they are just in a blind panic okay so with that in mind a few things to avoid <laughs> there's a few more but I'm just going to give you my top how many have we got here six I think yeah okay so the first one anti-bark devices of all description so there are many devices online in the shops that will say this will cure your dog of barking because most dogs with separation anxiety there will be some vocalization of some sort whether that's barking howling grumbling crying whining screaming in some place in some cases um so different kinds of devices you might see some little boxes that give out like a sort of ultrasonic sound when the dog barks it's a sound that we can't hear because it's so high-pitched um there are bark collars there are collars that shock your dog when they bark there are collars that spray citronella juice in your dog's face when they bark um there's all kinds of weird things out there on the internet um and in shops as well honestly for me, that's the worst, one of the worst possible things that you can do for your dog. Your dog, as I said, is barking because they are distressed. Why on earth would we add extra pain, discomfort, stress on top of that? The reason these devices, quote marks, work in some cases is because they are scaring your dog even more. So the barking may stop, but that dog is still terrified and that emotion is going to come out in another way. So even if, you th- if someone says to you, yeah, well, it worked for my dog. They never barked again when I left them. Okay, <laughs> but that dog has probably got some severe toxic stress rolling around inside their body and that's going to be causing all kinds of damage, either psychologically, physiologically or both. So definitely steer clear of those anti-bark devices. The second one, and this is probably one of the most recommended pieces of advice I see on Facebook groups and all kinds of different different mediums, and that is to let your dog bark it out, cry it out, howl it out, pace it out, whatever your dog is doing. Honestly, this again <laughs> can be so, so damaging to your poor dog. It's exactly the same as if we're working with people. This is a technique that's called flooding. It's basically exposing the person or the dog to the thing that they're scared of continuously until they are supposedly no longer scared of it 
Okay, so in a minute amount of cases with people, maybe this would work. But again, not really, because all you're really doing is suppressing that emotion. You're saying, you know, bark for six hours until you're absolutely exhausted and you stop and then I'll come back in. That dog's not learning to feel safe and comfortable home alone. They are literally just at the point of exhaustion often when they stop barking. So again, that's not the technique that I would ever, ever advocate for. You really want to think about, we want to change that dog's emotional response to being left home alone, which is currently panic and fear, into one of neutrality. Letting them scream and cry for hours is not <laughs> not going to solve that. So we want to think about doing things just a little bit differently. Okay, the third one, and this is um, often peddled as something that causes separation anxiety. Now, I will tell you straight away, you are not the cause of your dog's separation anxiety, okay? (laughs) Your dog sleeps in your bed. That does not mean that you've caused their separation anxiety. That just means that they like sleeping in your bed, okay? Your dog um, comes to you for a cuddle or a stroke a couple of times a day and you give it to them that has not caused your dog separation anxiety and this third one the one that I actually wanted to speak about I get too passionate about these things (laughs) is the idea that if your dog is frightened you shouldn't offer comfort Um, and this is just bizarre to me I just it makes no sense if you see a frightened animal a child an adult would you just ignore it? No, of course not. If your dog gets startled by something, offer them a degree of comfort. It's a complete myth that you're going to make it so, so much worse for them if you offer them comfort. You should never come back in when they're barking because you're going to make the situation worse. Well, ideally, we don't want them to be barking at all. That's what our training is going to do. (laughs) Our training is designed so that they're only ever left for an amount of time that they're able to cope with. But if you do mess it up and you accidentally go for too long and your dog starts getting distressed, please get back in that house and comfort your animal (laughs) because otherwise all that fantastic training you've done up until this point is going to deteriorate okay number three four I've lost track to be honest um so this is leaving for a short amount of time okay so the premise of this is actually pretty good the way that I deal with separation anxiety and other trainers and behaviorists deal with separation anxiety for the most part is following a protocol where we allow our dog to understand that when we leave it's a safe experience for them we leave for a very short amount of time the amount of time that we have um, measured and decided that our dog is able to cope with and then we come back and we do that as many times as we need to until our dog feels safe and secure that we are always coming back okay where people often go wrong is that amount of time that they choose so there is a very specific way of measuring how long your dog is able to cope on their own and that's something that a trainer can support you with but often people say okay so I'm just going to go out for five minutes I'm just going to just pop to the shop for five minutes that way my dog will learn that I always come back really quickly well that's great if your dog can tolerate being alone for five minutes if however your dog starts to freak out after five seconds that five minutes is going to feel like eternity to your dog. So please don't do that. (laughs) Instead, you want to measure how long your dog is able to cope with. And the way we normally do that is we'll do, I don't know, 
somewhere between three and ten depending on their dog little sessions to see how long it takes before we see some signs of distress and then we take an what I do is I take an average of those sessions and then I take away at least five seconds from there (laughs) and if I'm starting at zero I'm starting at zero that's no problem for me but what we're doing there is we're ensuring that when we do go out for those very small amount of times it's something that our dog is able to manage rather than going for five minutes and then feeling like their entire world is falling in okay second to last one Um, and again this is based in some good knowledge and some good thinking but it's the way we go about it and that is thinking about all of those little triggers that let our dog know that we're leaving so things like putting our shoes on picking our keys up putting our coat on that kind of thing and the dog's ears prick up and they go oh oh, they're leaving (laughs) so again all over the internet you will be told go and pick up your keys 50 times until your dog no longer associates it with you leaving and going out of the door okay good theory however if you do that 50 times and your dog gets distressed by you doing that 50 times you've actually done the opposite of what you intended to do so what you intended to do was desensitize your dog to be the keys being picked up so tell them you know what it doesn't mean that I'm leaving but actually if every time you pick them up your dog goes oh no and you do that 50 times <laughs> they've had 50 shots of oh no and that's going to make your problem worse so again when you're looking at those triggers those pre-departure cues as we often call them you're going to be looking at a hierarchy which ones really make my dog worried which ones are less worrisome how many times can I go and pick them up before I actually see some signs of distress and is that telling me oh maybe I pushed that a little bit too far So again, it's all at your dog's pace. It's not our pace. Much as we would like to fly along, unfortunately, it doesn't always work like that. Okay, and the last one is a little controversial. So again, this might be something that works for some dogs, but in my experience, dogs with real severe, true separation anxiety, this is something that I tend to avoid. And that is leaving your dog with some kind of chew, stuffed kong bone whatever something to distract them basically and the reason for that is because usually one of two things happens the first is your dog completely ignores it for the entire time that you're out and then as soon as you come back through the door they grab it and they eat it and they're munching away so it's actually served zero purpose in terms of distraction when you're out the second dog is the dog that is able to eat that food and maybe they enjoy it for 10 minutes 20 minutes 30 minutes and as soon as it's finished instant panic so the exception to this rule (laughs) if you do just have to quickly go to the corner shop and you know your dog will happily enjoy that chew for five minutes by all means allow yourself that five minutes out of your house but if you're giving it to them knowing it will only last five minutes and you're going to be gone for an hour actually it's probably going to do more harm than good because it's just going to act as as a distraction. It is not helping that dog to feel comfortable being alone. They'll probably be eating it quite frantically and then as soon as it's gone, straight back to barking, howling, peeing in the house, whatever it is that your dog does. So I suppose a lot of the things I've spoken about, they're plaster, band-aid on the situation. 
it's just covering up the cracks a little bit but it's not helping that dog and in some cases it's actually going to make that problem worse so my number one thing to think about when it comes to separation anxiety is to be so so compassionate to your dog also be compassionate to yourself because as I was saying at the beginning this is a hard thing to deal with but reach out get the support that you need to be able to help both you and your dog to have a happier life because this is long-term stress for both of you if you don't get this sorted out and it's no fun for you having to feel trapped in your house you can't go to people's birthdays you can't just nip out for dinner you can't even just nip out to the corner shop for a pint of milk sometimes because your dog literally can't be left alone and having to deal with other people's judgments about that as well so few things to think about there um, if you are doing any of those things and you're having some difficulties hopefully some of the explanations that I've provided today will help you with that if you would like some more support we do have a separation anxiety workshop that I'll put a link to in the show notes that you can check out if you want to um, but by all means do reach out if you have questions about separation anxiety it's something that we specialize in and feel very passionate about um, but please also know that you are not alone okay That's everything for today. Take care. Hi again. If you would like some more support with your dog training, do feel welcome to come and join our free Facebook group, Pesky Pooch Dog Training Support, where you can get exactly that dog training support and your questions answered. I will drop the link in the show notes. Take care.